Welcome to episode 98 of the What Not Serve You show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined as always by Kyle Springer. Hello. That's Hello. me. It is you. Melissa, this is yeah. actually episode 97. 97? Yeah. But aren't we recording episode was... 100 in two weeks? Uh, what was episode 97 then? Because Venture Bros was... Not, did I skip one down in these numbers? My calendar might be wrong. <laughs> so I have... Uh, let's see. From 95, that was your name. 96 was Venture Bros Part yeah. 2. Wouldn't this be 97 then? It is. Oh, my calendar's Weird. wrong then, because I was working backwards from when I thought we were going to record episode 100. Let's see. 98, okay. 100. Episode uh, well, 97 yeah. then. There we go. Mystery solved. That but, Melissa, that is totally okay, because I am an idiot. <laughs> I, I would like to f formally announce that. I am one of these dumb kids that you... Hear about every now and then I did something real stupid. What did you do? Well, so first of all, I completely forgot that it was daylight savings time. So last yeah. night I was playing video games and I looked down at the clock and I was like, 1230. Okay, that's a good, good, good time to stop. Let me get to a stopping point. Yeah. And then next time I looked down, it was 430. And I was ah! like, oh, no. <laughs> but that is not... The, like, end-all, be-all okay. dumb things that Kyle did this week. Okay. I finished watching The Tick uh, yes. for Friday, right before we recorded The Captain's Log. Mm -hmm. And I happened to fall asleep d during the final e episode. Yeah. And then I woke up, and I was like, how long have I been watching? Because the, 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 the thing said, like, se season two. Yes. <laughs> and then I looked at all the stuff and I apparently watched season two. <laughs> and so I had to spend Friday night and then like all morning yesterday watching season one. <laughs> you started at season two? Yes. And I didn't know it. <laughs> How, did... How did you not tell something was missing? I just thought this that was the show. <laughs> It's like, oh, they'll they'll get to it. They'll get, like we're starting in media res here. I'll be filled yeah. eventually. Yeah, like like that's the thing. Like we'll 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 get more in in depth. Yeah. But the whole idea of the tick is that no one knows who he is or where he's from. Right. And so season two still has that. It's just like just yeah. no one knows who he is or where he's from. So it's like, all right, that makes sense. Cool. <laughs> and, and yeah, I was just I like they they were referencing a couple things and I was just like, man, they're really trying for this world building and stuff. And I was like, OK, I'm I'm down for it. Let's go. Um, but yeah, it turns out I watched the wrong season. So I have now seen all of the tick, all two seasons. 
but I watched se- season two first, and then I went back to watch season one. <laughs> so it is me, Kyle, your local dumb kid. It's not as if you are new to the concept of streaming television shows. That I just is look the bulk. This of is what my first. Here. Amazon Prime show. Oh, I don't right. know you how it works. Prime. Yeah. So <laughs> somehow I just went straight to season two and started watching that. Oh well. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, we are here to talk about season one of the Amazon Prime version of The Tick from 2017. Yeah. I only watched season one. I enjoyed it and I intend to watch season two. I just didn't have time to do it in the week before we were recording this. Yeah. <laughs> I might mention a couple of my thoughts oh, on season yeah. two at the end of, of, of this. Some spoiler furry stuff at the end. Cool. Uh, but yeah, season one. Is what we are here to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, synopsis time. Yeah. Let's break it down for people who might not know what this is. So Arthur is a young man whose father was killed in a superhero and supervillain fight when he was like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's an adult now. And he's still dealing with a lot of anxiety over that. And he believes that the supervillain that was killed in that battle is still secretly alive somewhere. And he's got the this terror. giant conspiracy wall. Yep. The terror is still out there. He's this big conspiracy wall on his apartment wall. And he inca- and he's doing some like secret clandestine investigations. He's an accountant. He has no real superhero skills, but he wants to see if this is real. So he's sneaking around some science base and he runs into a guy in a giant blue tick costume. And he's like, hello, chum, it's me, the tick. You're my new buddy. Destiny is calling us. it is I, the tick. (laughs) (laughs) And Arthur accidentally, the tick forces him into this like super suit that the villains have been developing. And he's like, this looks like it was sized just for you. Here, put on this helmet. And he's like, I don't know what to do in this suit. (laughs) Right, so he's sort of, uh, forced into the world of superheroism and he uh, and his family have to encounter all of these other like rogue superheroes and supervillains and uncover mm-hmm. this big plot and yeah, he's ultimately c- try and save the city. He's kind of thrust into the world of superheroes, uh, which has been all around him. Yes. Like they live in a world where superheroes. Yes, this is all real. Her- her- heroes exist and stuff. Um, but this show is uh comedy it's a bit of a spoof it's not really a direct spoof off of like oh that's supposed to be batman or that's supposed to be Mm. superman or something yeah um but but it is this kind of uh just like hey let's let's have this like funny take on superheroes and the tropes that that happen in 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 there so it's kind of satirical kind of just let's just make this stupid and fun yeah yeah although i'd say this might be the most serious out of the versions of the tick i'm familiar with because i believe this was originally a comic book in the 90s i don't know much Mm -hmm. about the comic book and then it was uh like a fox saturday morning kids cartoon and then in like 2002 they did uh, a TV version starring Patrick Warburton in the titular mm-hmm. blue suit. There was oh, a yeah. lot more sitcom-y. 
trying to see. Come on, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Give me the one for not the TV show. Yeah. Comics. Tick. Comics. Tick is a monster superhero created by Ben Edlund mm-hmm. in a 1986 as a newsletter mascot for New oh. England comics chain of Boston area comic book stores. The character oh. is a parody of American comic book superheroes. Blah, blah, blah. After its creation, the character spun off into independent comic book series in 1988 and gained mainstream popularity through an animated TV series on Fox in 1994. And then all the stuff mm-hmm. you just... Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. The Tick has always been around. I've always been aware of the Tick. And I was excited to sit down and watch this latest version of it that Ben Edlund also created. And I was talking mm-hmm. with my older brother about this, who's more familiar with all of the various tick mythos. He's like, yeah, I think it's interesting that he sat down and took all of his same ingredients and just revamped it and updated it and told a new version of the story based on you know, what the world in the mid 20 teens was like. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's interesting to, to see a creator like that take on his own creation in multiple forms of media over multiple generations to just be like hey here's this like fun spoof thing that i'm i made not to Mm -hmm. down play it but just like hey like here's my thing i made it's fun check it out (laughs) you know yeah uh so yeah as we mentioned this is on amazon prime i've heard good things about this show prior to watching it um good and so I, I've been interested in watching the show. And so when, when you pitched it, I was like, I think that's the one I have to yeah. go with finally. Just like this is one <laughs> I know I've been kind of wanting to see. Mm-hmm. It was never really top priority because I don't ha- I, I did not have Amazon Prime for a long yeah. time. Uh, but here we are. We have. Yeah. Watched it. This is a show I've been wanting to watch for a while, and I was waiting until you got Prime, because I thought it would be a great topic for the show. I'm like, what's, like, yeah, I'll still enjoy it, but it's a little less fun if I'm just watching it in my off time, not for podcast content. Yeah. Uh, So I do want to make note of one Mm. quick thing before we do our housekeeping and then dive into spoilers. Uh, Something that I thought was interesting that a lot of shows don't normally do uh-huh. is that I feel like the pilot of the show, like the first episode, which I think was 40 minutes long, it was a little bit longer, um, but that was shot incredibly well. It looked amazing. Yeah. And then the rest of the show kind of took a dip in quality um, mm. it, it, as, as, as far as like post production and just like making it look cinematic and stuff whereas like Mm -hmm. most of the the show just looked like a standard show but that that first one was like this looks really good like (laughs) this looks like a movie it is a nice pilot yeah yeah uh which i i think most shows do the opposite where it's like hey here's like a cheaper watered down version just so you guys get the proof of concept and then if we get a series then we'll up the production Mm -hmm. and stuff like that uh, but this, I think they were really trying to sell this and be like, hey, we, yeah. we 
we have something here. We know it's not super mainstream or, you know, it's not <laughs> as big as Batman or, or, yeah. or something. But we have something really neat here. So I, I, I think they pulled out all of the stops and was just like, see, this looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's kind of about it for all, all the stuff that I want to mention plot wise and stuff like that i enjoyed it yes uh i i will say that i enjoyed season one a lot more than season two interesting uh the show was canceled after season two which is kind of unfortunate yeah um but i i really liked season one i i thought it was fun it was light it it was not something that uh like it's not something you have to like pay super a, a, a t- attention to to understand all the stuff that's happening but if you do sit there and like really pay a, mm-hmm. a, a, a t- attention there is stuff in there that's really rewarding yeah there is ongoing plot stuff that is there and ha- but i don't know if that's necessarily the point of the thing i think the best stuff in the show is the characters and their dialogue yeah yeah so you're not required to pay attention to the plot. I'm sure you're, you'll still have quite a fine time if you don't. But it is, oh, it's got interesting stuff to it. I like mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. Uh, wh- what do you say we move on to a little bit of housekeeping? Yes. And then we'll get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. Cool, housekeeping. Keep the house. Hopefully yes. we can keep keep the house. In fact, we can <sighs> keep the house with your help. If you like mm-hmm. what we do, p- patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, if you did not know, we have multiple podcasts, uh, which yes. you guys can check out on our website, thewhatnots.com, uh, or by typing in the whatnots on your favorite podcasting platform. We have multiple shows for you to check out, uh, like The Captain's Log, which is yeah. our weekly just kind of off-topic show. We can come and hang out and stuff like that and crossplay which is a video game podcast in fact uh we are having your brother jams on the show this afternoon you get a Uh, two wilkinson day yeah double the wilkinsons (laughs) um so that should be fun you guys should Mm. go check all that stuff out uh if you'd like to get episodes early Again, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can get that, or you can get access to the live streams of this yeah. year's show, the review show. Um, and I just noticed I put lowercase r in the review show on <laughs> on on screen here. Boom ba doom. Oh, that's still a lowercase r. There we go. Capital <laughs> R. Fixed. Uh yeah. Big shout out to our Patreon supporters mm-hmm. at the $5 tier. So thank you, Christine. And thank you, Sam, for helping us out. We appreciate you. I think that is it, though. Yeah, I think that is a sufficient amount of housekeeping. As previously said, we are coming up on our episode 100. We are. And we finally came up yes. with an idea for that. Let's at least mention with that yes. what that idea will be do you do you want to take that one yeah we're trying something new kyle and i are each coming to the table with what we think is the best superhero movie because superheroes 
like in this episode and many others, it's a topic we cover a lot on this show. The first thing we covered together was the Infinity Gauntlet comic book. So mm-hmm. though we'd honor this pattern that's been in the show and something we both love, and we're going to try a compare and contrast episode about two things that are in the same genre but are otherwise unrelated. <laughs> exactly. We've we've done some compare and contrast yeah. episodes in the past, but it's usually of like, hey, here's the comic book and here's the movie adaption yeah. or something like that. Um, but never of two things unrelated other than a theme of just yeah, like, and, this and, is and what we're we also going to be kind of debating the theme, having yeah. a, a good-natured argument about superheroes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We'll announce uh, which yeah. m- 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 movies we will be coming, uh, we, we will be watching in the coming weeks. Yes. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But now, mm-hmm. let's get into some spoilers. Okay. Man, my spoiler g- graphic was struggling there. Whoa. Was d- 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 doing like 10 frames a second. Not fun. Mm. Here we are. We are here. Spoilers. So I would like um, to pick up on what you were saying about the production values of the show. Because I yeah. think my only real gripe about it, which isn't even exactly a gripe. It's like a thing that I thought was interesting, but also kind of wished was different, which is mm-hmm. that the bulk of the show is shot with very naturalistic lighting. Okay. Like when they're in Arthur's apartment and he's got two table lamps, the scene looks like it is lit by the two table lamps. Yeah. Or if the lights are off, like it's just like the sunshine coming in through the window. Or like if they're outside and it's a cloudy day, like the lighting is kind of flat. Like it looks very realistic, which is interesting. And I kind of appreciate that in contrast to the big, larger than life superhero antics that they have going on. Mm-hmm. But there were times where I wished I could see things slightly better. Like, I think there's a scene where, like, Dot is sneaking around, like, the Pyramid Gang's headquarters, and it's very uh-huh. murky. Yeah, it's kind of dark. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, well, like, I I thought the lighting was fine for the most mm-hmm. part. But, yeah, it does, it does superheroes not in a, like daredevil netflix sense or like marvel cinematic sense where like they they try to make it look as sleek as possible the 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 way they make the costumes in this like you said it feels just very natural like hey they might have like some cool like helmet but Mm -hmm. the the costume is basically just a jumpsuit Right, and it, like they, yeah. like they, they have some things where it looks like this is something that a normal person would be able to make. It looks yeah. more like what you would see in Kick Ass, or or yeah, or something, where he's just like that's I a good comparison. Bought some things on Amazon and like stitched them together and stuff, but it, it looks neat. Like it looks good. Um, it just has like it 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 has a certain uh, I don't know how to put this. Uh, you use the word naturalistic, but just like a, a, a sense of not going over board yeah. on like style and and production and after effects yeah, and, and stuff which like that. was something I started picking up about the show. Like there's nothing 
stylistically very unique about this. It's all like the content of the show itself. Mm-hmm. The, we just have the tick. We just have all these other superheroes and wild powers and like weird side characters running around. Right. The actual like uh, cinematography and like the editing and the framing of the show is pretty normal. <laughs> and it is toned mm-hmm. like right down the middle. Like you mentioned like Daredevil earlier, which is uh, I'd say on the bordering line of something you may call gritty. This does not go into oh, yeah. gritty territory, but it also doesn't go into like the super bright colored, you know, like Thor Ragnarok oversaturated right. real comic book world. It's, it is very straightforward down the middle, which again, yeah, I think does serve the story. Like it's all to contrast that the weird things that they do have. Yeah. And, and it is a show that kind of depicts these two characters trying to deal with their normal lives. Yeah. Just like he wants to be a superhero, but he has an office jo- job and he has to like, <laughs> and like here comes the the tick being like arthur i am here at your job notice me and he's just he's just like no tick what are you doing like i this is my job he's like your pretend job because your real job is superheroing destiny is your boss yeah uh so like it it makes for this for the audience who is not i just want to stop and say for the audience who has not watched the show it is mostly the tick yelling and Arthur being <laughs> exasperated at the tick. That's the bulk of the yeah. content, and it is very good. Yeah. But it, it it makes for this good contrast between their mundane their mundane everyday lives being like, this is my normal life, this is my job. Normal people are what's what's the saying that they they say? Like normal is as normal does at, at the yes. start there, where it's like normal people take meds. Normal people go to work. Like, normal people make coffee in the morning yeah. and, and stuff like that, right? Like, they, they they mention that stuff, and then they're in this world of brown tingle cola that was a company <laughs> made by a villain in which he makes the world's most popular cola, and the secret ingredient is him adding a drop of his urine into each can. Like, like it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous, yeah. stupid mm. stuff. But it, it just, it makes for this really awesome contrast. Um, and so don't, I, I, I just kind of want to mention that. So we're not being like, it's just kind of middling. No, like, yeah. It's, it's not that. Yeah. Yeah. It it's, is it's not a like, mediocre show. I'm just saying that on the spectrum g- 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 of. Good spot. Yes, on the spectrum of aesthetics and styles you could have. It it has picked something, as we said, I think purposefully naturalistic and, like, mm-hmm. toned down but not flat. Like, it is, you know, it's like a storefront window where the background is all white so that you can focus on the clothes on the mannequin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um... So let's we we mentioned there's not much to this plot wise. It's pr- pretty standard. Let's let's start diving into some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz there 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 is a plot there and I I think by the end of the first season it has its moments that I think work yeah. really well for it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I think for me, I was really interested by the first episode. Uh, one, because it looked a little bit better. And I was like, whoa, I was not expecting it to look like this. <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, but it kind of sets up this thing where he he is this kid who was traumatized Mm-hmm. By this villain, yeah, uh, his father was killed right in front of him. All his favorite superheroes were killed right in in front of him, and the villain comes up to like mess with him. Mm-hmm. And the some photographers there and gets a, a photo, and he is known as the kid from the photo. Right, which was something I really liked, that there is, in this world where superheroes are real, they are documented, they are the object of journalism, and he is part of this famous, like, Time magazine shot, and nobody, Mm -hmm. like, has really, like, everybody knows the image, but has never thought about who that kid is that the terror is yelling at, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's me. See how the rest of my life turned out after that photo was taken. (laughs) It's me, Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he, he, he has been told, or like, I guess the whole world has been told that that villain, uh, down the road has died. He's got, Mm. he got killed by their like Superman knockoff. I guess there is a Superman knockoff. I mean, he's the the Superman knockoff only in that he is from space. He's got, you know, dashing good looks and brown hair and he wears a cape. He's kind of all powerful. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, that 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 character Superion had a fight with the villain, the Terror, uh, and that he ended up defeating the Terror and killing him. Uh, and all they could find was his teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has this. Ar- 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 Arthur has this obsession. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't know, something strange is there. Like. Uh, I, I I just don't know if that's a hundred percent true mm-hmm. of what exactly happened. So he obsesses of just like I wonder if he's still out there, mm-hmm. and his family kind of sees that as uh so something that they need to medicate and be like, yeah. okay, let's you know, let's not be so obsessive. Let's be mm-hmm. let's be a little more normal. Go get a day job, do stuff. Yeah, like not that. like they're trying to. They are trying to help him. His family really has his yeah. best interests at heart. They're not like, Arthur, stop messing around. You're embarrassing us. Like, his mom and his sister and his stepdad are all very sweet. Yeah. But they're, they're all looking out for, for, yeah. for, for, for him. But in the back of his mind, he's still just like, mm-hmm. this is what I, like, I know I'm on the right path. Um, and so he has this, like, heart behind his character that's just like, I, I know it. There's something out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's also very unsure of himself too. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't think he is the hero. He just thinks he's gonna be the one to break the story. Yeah. Or like be the, be the source that's like, hey, see, I can prove it. <laughs> like he is doing what is on paper a heroic thing to uh, investigate yeah. and expose that a supervillain is still alive, but he never thinks of himself as the hero. He's like, no, I, I just need to do this. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. an Arthur mission. This is not a heroic mission. Yeah, which is then where the tick comes in, and mm. he's like, no, you are the hero. <laughs> Destiny has foretold this because we have met here right now. Yes. What else would that mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
their relationship is the best thing in the show. And the tick is this bombastic, bigger than life character who is like absolute faith in destiny and being good and being a hero, but like no ego at all whatsoever. It's just his personal calling. He believes it's Arthur's calling as well. He's there Mm -hmm. to like encourage other people and be a good influence, but he has no idea where he came from. He spends a couple couple episodes thinking he's a robot because he meets another robot and he's like, the robot is blue. I'm wearing blue. (laughs) We have similar jaws. We have similar brows. I think maybe I'm a robot. And he starts acting like he's a robot. And Arthur's like, Tick, no, you're not. You are not a robot. Cut it out. But, like, it's not only that he sees the robot, but there is this, like, it was an Armenian guy who runs this this shop there who was like, well, supposedly the 9,000 models are, like, a lot more sophisticated. And he's like... Maybe I'm a 9,000 model. (laughs) (laughs) The robot he encounters is stated to be like, this is an ancient hunk of junk. He can't be replaced until he absolutely breaks down. Yeah, and then somebody makes the mention that the modern models are like super advanced. And then Tick is like, how do I know? I'm not a robot. Yeah, and he, he, he just has the utmost faith. Yes. Like, I think that is... The, the, the way you can describe him mm-hmm. best. He sees something good and he just wholeheartedly is behind it. He always sees the g- good in people. If they mess up, he's not a- a- angry uh-huh. at them per se. He'll scold them, but he's yes. still like treating them as if they are good people and stuff. And yes. just they are inherently g- 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 good. And so at times it can come off as like, naive or 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 stupid or just like what come on tick what are you doing (laughs) like uh, but it's it's just so wild to see because even characters like superman Mm -hmm. aren't like that yeah superman has a sense of like he can get angry or like he has a sense of sarcasm even if he doesn't implement it like he understands things like this and he has lived a normal clark kent life where he knows things like how to drive a car and go to school and pay his taxes and the tick like showed up the tick is essentially four days old yeah yeah um which is kind of one of the plot threads that they dropped Mm. like they, they started to to be like i will help you figure out who you are and then they just never mentioned that again. Maybe that was for season three. Maybe they were going to lay yeah. low for a little bit and pick it back up. And uh, but this I, haunting specter of a season three that never was. I kind of think that's for the better, though, that they don't mm. mention that. Because I, I like it. I, I like the tick as this this like unnatural force. Yes. That is just there, like oddly inspiring people. And yes. Just, like, yeah. You sh- you shouldn't exist or like you shouldn't be here. This is not how life works. However, you're turning me into a be- better person. Thanks. Right. I guess. Like, <laughs> you know what this story is? It kind of reminded me of was the Disaster Artist. I haven't seen that one. But do you know the story of it? That um, no. it's about Tommy Wiseau and the making of the room, told from Greg Sestero's point of view. 
Like, you okay. know, the room legendarily, like one of the worst movies ever made, made by this like mysterious guy who like has an accent, but you don't know where he's from. You don't know how yeah. old he is. You don't know where he got any of the money to fund this movie. But he's very earnest about trying to make the movie and like putting his friends in it. And like he took the film absolutely seriously and was really heartbroken when people laughed at it. But then figured out how to embrace it. And he's like, yes, I always meant it as a comedy. Let's all laugh together. And that the disaster artist is a movie based on um, his co-stars memoirs of that experience. (laughs) And the whole movie is like, I'm with you, Tommy, but who are you? Where are you from? And there's no answers. Nobody knows. There's, There's certain characters like that where like you, you just have to, not not necessarily for like a sense of mystery, mm. but just like yeah. I think they are best served as these like forces of nature. Exactly. Right? Where it's like yes. you don't need to ex- explain it. You can't explain it. They just let them be this weird thing that shouldn't exist. Yeah, I looked at the tick as exactly what he said. He is a force of destiny. I thought of him like an mm-hmm. angel. You know, there are stories where like an angel comes down to earth with like absolute faith and clarity and purpose but they don't operate on the level that a normal human operates on like their emotions are different their vocabulary is different the way they express themselves and take in information and communicate is all different but it's all good it's just weird and disconnected yeah one of the things I, I, I liked uh, that they did with the tick is in like episodes like one through like three, mm-hmm. maybe four, is they they kind of hinted at what if the tick isn't real? Yes. And what if he's just like a figment of Arthur's imagination? Because he is someone who's on these meds, off of his meds. Yeah. Maybe he <laughs> hallucinates. We don't know. And it, it, it like, I... I kind of liked that, and I I almost would have liked to see that carried on more in season one. What I really liked about that is that it was less of the narrative trying to make us think that the Tick is an imaginary friend. It's the narrative exploring Arthur thinking this about himself. Like, he's yeah. encountered this mysterious new man, and he's like, did I hallucinate him and you're right it does take like three episodes before dot is also there and she's like no arthur i can i can see your friend i've talked to your friend i like how we get so many different short variations and theories on what is the tick is the tick a hallucination no is the tick a robot no (laughs) (laughs) like it's slowly cycling through everything a little bit at a time yeah yeah um yeah, so I, I said let's get into the story, and we kind of started diving into the characters. Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of where the story revolves yeah. around. Um, I would say that the character stuff was always more interesting to me than, like, the plot things. Like, any twist the plot could throw at me, I appreciated, I thought was interesting. Yep. It all connected. It all makes sense. I wasn't confused at any point. But it was never as exciting and fun to me as... When Danger Boat says he has a crush on Arthur. <laughs> like, the character stuff is the best stuff. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. So, like, the 
the Tick and Arthur now have mm. this new super suit, uh, yes. which is designed to look like a moth. It's this like yes. gray suit. Uh, and as as they're kind of figuring out what this suit is, where it came from, there are certain villains after them. Uh, they basically uncover that this suit was uh, created by the Armenian g- government. It wasn't uh, Armenian. It's like some fictional Eastern European country with okay. a made-up name. It's like Urzmanistan or something like that. Something yeah. like that. But they were making it as a kind of weapon slash deterrent uh, to Superion, which is mm-hmm. the like Superman mm-hmm. knockoff character that we mentioned. Uh, um, and this was like the suit they were going to use to get close to him to like destroy him or just like mm-hmm. keep him out of their country of just like hey we have a superhero of our own too you know don't yeah. mess with us uh but of course the terror who is the mm-hmm. super villain that everyone thinks is dead is secretly still out there and he's mm-hmm. planning on kind of using all of these chess pieces to his own uh his his own plan in which he's hoping to kill superior and they're mm-hmm. kind of uncovering that as they g- g- go and meeting all these weird and crazy characters like miss lint um, yes who i i having watched season two first they don't explain her name and so i just thought that was her name like i didn't know that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Hi, my name is janet lint this is what yeah. it says on my driver's license yeah i like sure I mean, <laughs> my last name is Springer. I like. There's no that, reason behind that. That's a more it's super just... villain name than Lint is. You got a point, right? Like, you should have jumping so... powers. <laughs> so when they they like, I I they started explaining it. I was like, wait, is that supposed to be a joke? This is so weird. Uh, but yeah, she has these like electrical powers and like static and so like stuff like clings to her and just like I all this really, lint starts like <laughs> i really dug that uh coin flip of that she has these amazing like emperor palpatine like shoot lightning out of her hands powers yeah. like she's got these crazy electrical powers <laughs> it comes but with it, a static charge <laughs> yeah and like everything sticks to her <laughs> and her, her the terror was her mentor and he gave her these like um like charge conducting bracelets that neutralize the static field around her and control it and channel it. Mm-hmm. But one of them breaks and he's dead. So she can't get a replacement or at least, you know, she thinks he's dead. So she does spend a couple episodes just having this terrible day where her hair is a mess. She is covered in lint and dry hair and like her black clothes look like a mess. Like she's just <laughs> in awful shape and so crabby about it. And there's nothing she can do. Yeah, it's it's good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, we, we also meet a character named Overkill, who is kind of like Deathstroke. Uh, from yeah. DC Comics, uh, he just like the the super serious murder everyone <laughs> yes. type of character, uh, and then throughout the season they kind of soften his yeah. edge, edge edge there. If you can hear the dogs barking, they are saying hi. Hi, um, dogs. 
But uh, <laughs> there's also yeah, a like talking they, dog in the tick. I want to take the opportunity yeah, to say this also. There is. And this talking Good dog segue. used to be a member of the big superhero group. Like he was like the, the only one that five. survived. Yep, the Flag Five. He was the only one that survived after this fight with the terror. And he's gone on to be like, he's written his memoirs and it's this big running thing throughout the story that everybody's excited for like, oh, did you hear that his memoirs are coming out where he's going to be on Good Morning America and he's giving a a, a reading and a book yeah. signing. And the tick reads the book and is very affected by this book, sincerely. <laughs> And the dog shows up again at the end to like deliver some piece of plot relevant information. And the tick says, Hey, look, it's my favorite author. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's the only of, book he's read. Yes. The only one. Yeah. <laughs> he's just so sincere though. Like yeah. it, it's so funny. There's, and it's but, not um, just him. I, I know we were trying to talk about the plot, but Arthur's stepdad, Walter is also mm-hmm. kind of on the tick's wavelength. Like the tick barges his way uh, benevolently into Arthur's family's like a uh, birthday party for his stepdad. And like the two hit it off. And Walter's yeah. like, have you heard about this book? A dog wrote it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's also got the same like very sincere, very earnest, very interested in everything that's going on. Like no touch of cynicism about him. Yeah, mm. it's great stuff. I I I like that a- actor too. I don't remember yeah, his it's name. Francois Chow. We know him from Lost. Um, he also showed up in, in something we were watching just a couple weeks ago. He's in Birds of Prey. Yeah. So yeah. twice already this year, I've gotten to say, "Oh boy, I didn't know Francois Chow was in this." It's that guy. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, I mean, like the, they're kind of uncovering this plot, but throughout the, the the whole thing, Arthur is kind of learning to take his own life into his hands instead of just yes. like doing what he's told or doing what his family is telling him. He's mm. breaking out of this idea of like normal is as normal does. That's like normal isn't really normal. No. Like, all sorts of people do all sorts of different things and I can run around in a moth suit and be completely normal. Yeah. Um, I can be living and, my best life as yeah, a moth. There's this great moment uh, kind of at the end of the series where uh, it's, it kind of mirrors his father's d- d- death. Yeah. The terror ship is crashing down into the park and it's about to hit this one guy similar to how it killed his father uh and he has the chance to like knock him out of the way and save him and he 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 does and then at at the end of it all he gets to kind of look around and he sees the person that he saved and he gets to see them like reunite with their family and all of this stuff and it's just it's it's this great moment of him of him being like huh i guess i am a hero like yeah i I did something heroic in it in that final episode when it is the tick jumping and arthur's finally like mastered the wings on his moth suit and they're flying around and they're going to like take down the vlm it 
it is a great feeling yeah, to watch them. Which we haven't them. even mentioned the VLM yeah. yet. The very like, large the, man. It's just a very big man. A man who got too big. That is... It looks uh, like... The, it looks like the 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 titans for, from right. a, a, a Attack on Titan. But it's but like it's just a guy. It's just monsters. a guy who's twenty stories tall. Uh, that is the threat of this series: is big man walking towards town who is very confused. <laughs> right, he has no idea what's going on. He's just walking. He's like, I don't know. I I just woke up. Like I have a landscaping business. I have a wife and daughter. <laughs> And now I'm completely naked and they're filming me on TV and yeah. <laughs> but when everyone has seen like... my junk, giant size <laughs> on TV. <laughs> but when they're going to take down the VLM, like, and then it, of course it's them like flying and jumping around. So it switches to like these CGI characters. And then mm -hmm. once it's able to switch to CGI characters, the camera can get a little bit more dynamic. And it is these beautiful sweeping shots of them like flying through the air, like towards this threat. And like the superhero antics are like clicked in. This is yeah. real classic superhero stuff. And it is a great feeling like as an audience member, like you're real proud of them. Like, oh, yeah, look, like, look oh. what they did. They're finally They're there. Save the day. Yeah, it's heartwarming. <laughs> Yeah, the, so the, the terror's plan is basically that there is their version of kryptonite, uh, yeah. which she has injected the very large man with when he was smaller, and then yes, when he was a like, well regular size. Yeah, when he was regular size. Because there is a small then... man in the story <laughs> elsewhere. Right. There's people uh, at every size. But he. Like, blew him up in the sense that he, like, enlarged mm. him in hopes to enlarge this uh, kryptonite substance that they call Big Bismuth. Yes. Um, and the idea is if they then detonate the very large man, yeah. man, the explosion will be this cloud of Big Bismuth, and that will kill Superion. Yes. Um, and Which, which is, I... Barely standard superhero stuff. Like, how, how did, can we, like, envelop the Earth in a kryptonite d d d d d d dust to kill Superman? I liked this twist on it, though. I like that the point of the VLM wasn't to, like, okay, he's huge. He will wreck the landscape. He will destroy the city. Or it's a big weird thing. We're distracting uh, the armed forces. So, yeah, like, we're distracting <laughs> the armed forces so they don't see what we're doing over here. No, mm -hmm. it's that, well, we've put a weapon in his blood, and if they shoot him down or blow him up, then that's a giant splash of blood that we can use as a weapon. I like yeah. that he's just the carrier for that. Like, that was a really interesting twist. And of course, there aren't many stories where you do see a giant man, a giant weaponized man. <laughs> so it's not like this is absolutely standard, but still, I like that additional level to it of oh no he's just carrying all the poison inside of his blood which won't hurt him yeah. but is gonna hurt the superhero who's going to be in his immediate vicinity yeah exactly um yeah like i like all, all of that stuff is fairly standard mm. though right and then we've we've um gotten these like bits and pieces of lower right like we've seen miss lint being the yes. mentee 
to the terror we've seen um Here's one that I did not see coming oh. uh, was that the character from the Flag Five that got his eyes burned out and his like hands destroyed turns out to be Overkill. Yeah, and he's just like taken on this new new name, new mm. persona, and, and and stuff like that. Now he's, mm. he wants revenge. Yes. Uh, but I, yeah, I like I didn't necessarily see that coming until until they were like making it obvious, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's what's his name that, that got his <laughs> hands crushed, and then and then they were like, that's what's his name that got his hands crushed. I was like, haha, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they 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 mention stuff like that. They mention uh, this organization called Aegis. Yes. Which is like A-E-G-I-S, which yes. is an acronym for something, but I don't think they actually say what the acronym hmm. is for, and I don't think they mention it in season two. It's just, we are Aegis. It might just uh, be a word in the um, in the superhero RPG I play, Masks. Mm -hmm. That's also the name of the superhero organizing committee. Ah, so I okay. don't know if that was made as a nod to the tick, the tick lore. Maybe. Or if like that's a common reference to like something. Like this is an old yeah. Greek word that means hero is... or something like that. Yeah, so it, uh it's a noun that means the protection, backing, or support okay. of a particular person or organization. Okay. So it's just yeah. Here's your support. Yeah. Okay, general reference point then. Good to know. There you go. But yeah, they're they're kind of like uh, shield mm. is to Marvel. Um, they're just this organization that kind of categorizes and documents superheroes and uh, helps them out or detains them or yeah. you know they're just kind of this all around surveillance. Yeah. Making sure it things also, go smoothly. It seems like there's kind of a bureaucracy element to it. Like kind of like the way superheroes are organized in the Incredibles. Where like there's a lot of paperwork and liability that you have oh, yeah. to fill out. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I like I like that all of that stuff is on the fringe. Yes. Uh, that it like it's out there. Which is why I, I said at at the start, like it's it's a light show like this is not a complicated show it's no. not very emotionally demanding it's not very like tense or, yeah. or stuff like that um but it is it's it's one that's fairly light and easily consumable mm. but if you do sit there and pay attention there's some neat 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 things that are that are out there Mm -hmm. uh, that you can look into into so yeah good stuff mm -hmm. uh we haven't talked much about the sister yet dot i like her? dot and we were talking about how there's arthur trying the plot line of arthur trying to like take control of his life and like believe that he can do things and he has this older sister who's been watching out for him and he has to like prove to her like, no, I can go do these things. And then there's this parallel 
like there's a shift at some point where he gets deep enough into heroism that then he's like, okay, Dot, don't follow me. Like, don't be a part of this. This is too dangerous for you. So it's like both of them are trying to prove to the other one, like, stop protecting me. I know what I'm doing. I'm competent. Leave me alone. (laughs) I I can do this. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I liked her character a lot because mm. she, she at the, at the start does seem kind of like the big sister, just like, yeah. let me take care of you and make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that she is uh, like a, a paramedic or an, or an mm. EMT. Um, and so she often has to deal with the, like, gangsters and thugs and henchmen that come into hospitals or like underground hospitals yeah, what it that, is. Uh, i like how they arrive at this ahead. she's in her off time she's on a roller derby team and she's like mm-hmm. i don't know if if the maybe she's the captain of the roller derby team i don't know but she's like the the person who handles like all the logistic administrative stuff so she's going to yeah. talk to the guy who owns the rink where they practice to say like hey i'm sorry like we're we're still getting all the money in from everybody like rent like our dues are going to be a week late is that okay and when she's going to talk to him then she finds that like in his back offices at this rink in this gym this is where all of the supervillain gang members like come to get patched up if they get hurt out on the streets. And yeah. she's like, this is bad, but also these people are cart and I feel like I have to help. Like, this is my nature. This is my mission. I'm, I'm, she's studying to be a doctor, do no harm. So that's how she jumps into it. And I like that. She's right. got this parallel to Arthur. She's got this completely unrelated, like, I also got wrapped up in superhero, supervillain stuff, and I'm trying to figure out, like, how I can survive and thrive in this world. Yeah. How I can make my own way. She ends up getting mixed up with with Overkill, Mm -hmm. uh, and they end up going on these, like, covert missions to infiltrate stuff. And so, yeah, when... Arthur and Dot are both being like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. She also finally has her moment of like, I infiltrate. It turns out that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) So they they, they have some good back and forth. Mm -hmm. forth. I I think is very believable. um, Yes. Of of just like, they they seem like brother and sister. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like that they don't overtly spell this out, but you can infer that the same, you know, terrible accident that took their dad and made Arthur very anxious and paranoid inspired her to get into helping people. And like, it doesn't tell you that, but you can draw the line from dad killed in supervillain accident to I want to be a paramedic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the parents, though, I, one of the things that I I wished they would have addressed more is the relationship uh, with Arthur and his stepdad. Um, really, his his stepdad, like you said, is just sometimes he can come off as a little oblivious. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's just very earnest and sincere mm. and just like genuinely wants to be there right? yes um and it's just like huh something's up with you um 
but he often reminds him like you're not my dad and Mm -hmm. that's like sure he might be right but like that's this thing of like for 15 or i guess not 15 years because we don't know when he came in the picture but for some time now yeah like you've been reminding this guy you're not my dad don't like Mm -hmm. he had this 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 like one or one or two lines that made me think that they don't see i i um the one that stood out to me was at the book signing when we first see the talking dog i don't remember what his name was it was onward originally and then yeah and then he changed it um, what is what but, is his what is his pen name? I I don't remember his pen name, but the the uh. idea was that the he was the like partner to Christian soldier, so it was supposed to be onward Christian soldier, <laughs> right? I, and and this is the story of his book is that he he did have a lot of religious faith, and then this terrible accident happened, and he didn't have it anymore, which is just the yeah. flip from there every no other God. inspirational There's memoir. Only dog. <laughs> <laughs> there is only dog and I am he. Yeah. But but in 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 that scene he uh Arthur ends up storming off and the last yeah. thing he says is to his stepfather where he says is you're not my dad dad and then he storms off. And after that there's no like reconciling that but it it does like that scene does then focus on the father after that where it shows his face and he almost doesn't really react to that he Hmm. he does but in this like blank way uh which i thought was interesting i was just like huh why like why are they not addressing this or talking like is this going to be something that like by the end of the season he's like um I, I I forget when it was, but he he calls him at one p- yes. p- p- point, and his stepdad says something along the the, the 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 lines of like I believe in you, Arthur. Mm. Or he, he says uh, like I believe in you, son. And then yeah. I thought he, like he was gonna say like thanks, dad, or mm. something like that, but he didn't. And they they just moved on. I was like, huh. Okay. I don't, it worked on me. I think there was less to do with this storyline because it is something that has already been in motion for so long. Again, like you said, we don't know how long it has been since the mom married Walter. But like you can tell, this is the relationship dynamic Walter and Arthur have had the entire time where Arthur's mm-hmm. like, I respect you. I think you're an all right guy, but like, right, we yeah. don't really have a connection. Okay. Like, don't feel like you have to come over here and like really talk to me that much. I don't need to be coddled. It's fine. And Walter's kind of like the tick in that he really likes Arthur. He really wants to talk to him and make sure he's okay and kind of encourage him. And like, he just doesn't let up on it. And like this, yeah gentle benevolent encouraging way like he's always going to be there to make small talk with arthur which again is something that exasperates arthur that he's like okay you have to tell me three different anecdotes before we're able to get to the actual information that i need (laughs) right like it was just something that had already been going on for so long and he yeah. was just never I, going to stop. And I think the that is where season one wraps up, is that Arthur uh-huh. 
giving into that. Like he's not, he's still not like you are my dad, but he's like, I am done fighting you. I am done resisting yeah. you. You are, a, you are a part of my life. I do care about you. Even if it's not the father son dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, I thought was that I, I, th- this entire show to me is really more about Arthur than yeah. it is the tick. And the tick, yeah, the tick is is just like the driving force behind it. Right. The tick um, is this immutable entity. He he he's yeah. ex- trying to figure out where he's from, but it doesn't amount to like much of an arc. Like tick at episode one and tick at episode twelve aren't really different. Right. So the themes and stuff kind of revolve around Arthur, where he mm. starts out as this like very timid just like no one bother me let me be in my own comfort zone and do my own thing to at the end of the the show when he's like hey i feel like i'm kind of coming into my own like i think i just did something heroic that felt really good like that that felt right um and to to me like his relationship with his father should be part of that of mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm moving on from what happened when I was younger. Like, I'm mm. I'm figuring out what happened to me and how that affected me and how that's affected all of my relationships. Like, now that I've kind of come into into my own as this hero, mm-hmm. maybe like maybe 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 now I can have a better relationship with my stepdad. Or he does something. though. Like I think he does at the end of the season one, he does have a better relationship with his stepdad. It's just, he's still not his dad and that's okay that he's never going to be that. And I yeah, think like both I, of them reach a, a point where they realize that like Arthur's like, I am okay with you looking at me like I'm your son. I accept that. Yeah. And I'm going to look at you more like a friend. You're not wrong. It, yeah. Like I, I, I think that's where it, ends up i just wish it was more overt and they dealt okay. with that yeah more i like I, I felt like that would have been a good piece to put more of in it was just like okay i see it it's there but it's mm-hmm. ultimately like a non-issue thing yeah um so that is one thing that i wish they had improved on let's talk you? more is, about is, is there Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we haven't talked very much about the terror. We've talked about him in a a plot capacity, but he's another really interesting character. Like I told my... Let's talk about the terror. uh, I share an Amazon account with my older brother. And I was saying like, oh, we're going to start watching The Tick this week. It looks like you got partially into this because uh, there aren't like multiple profiles on Amazon Prime. It's all together. Like we can see what each other is watching. He's like, yeah, yeah, I started it. I did really like it. I just never got around to finishing it. And he's like, this is a good show with one excellent out-of-the-park performance by Jackie Earl Haley as the villain. Like, nobody needed Jackie Earl Haley to try that hard. But he is killing it as the supervillain. And I watched yeah. it, and I'm like, heck, you're right. Like, I love all the performances he just in the show. He eats up Yeah, I think... That might be the show's strongest quality is like the caliber of the performances it has. But yeah, he is, he's bringing a lot to the table down to like 
every affectation and mannerism in line read. Like he's got this really interesting, like raspy voice. Like maybe he had been, you know, choked or something in his supervillain past, but they never get into it or explain it. He just sounds like this. Yeah. And and then like on, on, on top of that, his face is disfigured. It looks like yeah. it's burnt. His uh, eyes are these like glowing yellow yeah, uh, like he, like he is, he is the one I think has the most makeup in in the oh, yeah. entire show. Just like his his whole, they they went all out. Like he's not just in like a mask or a like mm-hmm. a domino mask or something. Yeah. Like his his whole character is just decked out in this like, uh, really extra extra extravagant robes and like chain mail helmet that almost looked like magneto's helmet um yeah like he he's just this over-the-top character like the rest of them but Mm -hmm. in a way that is over the top also compared to everyone else in the show (laughs) like he is committed to being a super villain like yeah the trappings of being like being scary is important to this guy I well, it's and it's like, scary, but in in a like he's not actually trying to necessarily be scary because he enjo- he like he's having fun to to him yes. this whole thing. Oh is yeah, fun. this is I'm an absolute fun, riot. Yeah, but I just like screwing with people and I like just fucking them over and stuff like that. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna add a drop of urine into every <laughs> bottle of brown tingle cola just mm-hmm. because that's fucking evil. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. So there's been like uh, 12 to 15 years. I forget exactly how long that he has been believed to be dead. And he, when he comes back to life, like he's sort of catching up uh, Miss Lint. And he's like, all the things I ever wanted to do, I did while I was pretending to be dead. I always wanted to learn how to play the drums. I learned how to play the drums. And then we yeah. see him like when he's really stressed or when he's trying to work out a problem, he's playing this giant drum set. Yeah, which really <laughs> adds something i'm glad that that's his specific hobby that he got into just because it's it's funny and also like that pumps up the soundtrack in this cool extra way to have this like real yeah. actiony energetic drum music like it feels like Birdman for a couple brief moments yeah they, they have they have this one scene that's almost like whiplash if you've yeah, seen that yeah. movie where he's drumming and then there's someone there who's like yelling at at him like faster pick up the pace you're dragging yeah <laughs> and 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 then like you can just see him and he gets all like tense and and yeah. and flustered and and then the like coach person mm-hmm. is, is is like was that uh, enough he's like you're not doing it good enough yell at me more <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like he's hired this drum teacher who is scared of him hired him he's like kidnapped him afterwards he's like send him back to his cell (laughs) (laughs) so he's like i want you to like treat me like really teach me like really teach me and the guy is terrified to be the one of the higher power in this relationship i mean he's yeah the terror is screaming at him Yes, he's because he's he's sitting there like pick up the pace you dirty old fossil blah 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 yeah yeah (laughs) So he's he's trying 
Yeah, it's a real delight whenever the terror is on screen. And I like his relationship with Miss Lint. I like that weird, like, Uh he's her mentor. He's, like, her dad. Like, you can see that he is the most important relationship in her life. And it's inspiring, and it's comforting, and it's dark, and it's messy. Like, their relationship just had a lot of different layers going on in it that I that I liked. Like, I imagine this is what it is like to be the second in command to this crazy overbearing supervillain and like how much that transforms you in good and bad ways. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, (laughs) I think earlier I was going to ask, is there stuff that you did not like about, about this um, show, or was there stuff that you were like ah I, I wish they had done this a little bit b- 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 better or differently no um i think my the thing that did bother me the most as i said was that sometimes the lighting is so naturalistic that it can be difficult to see things sure. <laughs> or that the lighting looks too sad some of the time like when the like when that. they're yeah, like when they're in Arthur's apartment and like, you know, it's all trashed and he doesn't have any lamps on and there's just like the light coming in from outside and it's kind of washed the room in this like kind of uh, sickly color. Like it's not sufficient to like light up the room and it's natural sunlight, but it doesn't feel warm. It feels cold. Like I'm <laughs> I'm very that. sensitive to lighting. And like sometimes the like when they are lighting it so true to what is actually in the scene i'm like i wish this was brighter and warmer yeah they they were kind of figuring a couple things out as they went i noticed because the suit that the tick is in Mm -hmm. in the pilot is very thin like you Mm. you can see it's very thin but it's textured and there's this like weird texture on it and then episode two and beyond, he's in a completely different costume that is more like what you would see in like a typical like superhero he- show. There's a mm-hmm. lot less texture, um, you know, st- stuff like that. But also when he first appears in episode two, he's lit very str- str- strangely. Like it looks like someone went into the frames that he was in and specifically like brightened up him who it it just looked like there was this weird lighting that they didn't know how to deal with and i don't know if it is because they were working with natural light or if they Mm -hmm. were in some studio and it is this like faux natural light that they're trying Mm -hmm. to achieve and then it didn't get the effect that they wanted and then they're like Mm -hmm. this needs to be brighter but we can't reshoot Let's just do this weird. I, 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 I don't know. It, it it just seemed like they were figuring a couple things out, uh, but they got their footing very fast, and then they I, stuck with that for the yeah. rest of the show. I'd be intrigued to see some behind the scenes footage of like how they designed this world and like how cartoony they made it or how true to life they made mm-hmm. it because it isn't totally out there like you've got weird products like brown tangle cola but the it is a it is a couple cartoony things among the world but for the most part it feels very down to earth very normal and i'd be interested to hear them explore like this is how we adjusted the slider for various things yep when 
when is streaming services going to start including directors commentaries and stuff as like a like another episode like like i would i would pay for commentaries yeah they they need to start doing that stuff maybe this is because we just have podcasts now they're like well if you guys really want to record something we'll release it in a podcast feed yeah something (laughs) they can sync it up themselves um uh as we get closer to wrapping up i do want to talk for a little bit more about my favorite character danger boat there we go danger (laughs) boat danger 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 boat so overkill lives in this it's like um kit the car from knight rider it's like he's a cool ai boat but it's a boat that he lives in and the boat's ai is sentient and has its own personality and yep. I think when Tick and Arthur first go to Danger Boat, when they're first inside the boat, they're like, oh, this is your boat. And Danger Boat says, I'm not his boat. We just live together. Yeah. <laughs> it is like they are just roommates and coworkers. That's the dynamic there. And Danger Boat is like kind of over, overkill in all of his drama. Yeah. And I love that Danger Boat said, like he's talking to the Tick and he's like, I... I have sentience. I have this feeling of self-awareness. I know that I am male, and I know that I like other males. And Tick's like, other male boats? And he's like, mostly male humans, like Arthur. Like the subplot of a sentient boat falling in love with Arthur is my favorite they, they They have an interesting line of dialogue in there where he breaks down the wor- the word for like h- homosexual yes which i i don't know how true it is and or all all that stuff but it, he he mentions something of 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 like it, it is meant to imply the same thing like you are attracted to, yes. to the same thing which would imply that i'm attra- att- attracted to other male boats but yes boats don't really gender themselves and I'm attracted to humans, which is different. So yes. <laughs> I don't know if you can really call me homosexual, but right. whatever that means, I'm that. <laughs> it's it's really interesting. And I love the danger boat is saying all of this to the tick, who is interested, who is supportive, <laughs> Just but doesn't no really idea. get it. Yeah. 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 He's so into justice and yes. destiny and doing good that he's just like, what is sexuality? <laughs> I don't know what this thing is. <laughs> I have no concept of this. I'm always yeah. wearing the same clothes and I don't think I can take them off. Yeah, or yeah, just like not even knowing that he can probably take his suit off. Can he? <laughs> this is the mystery. I, we don't know. Maybe he's a robot. They right? haven't opened him up. They haven't cut him open. We don't and actually when know. I, when I think back on other versions of the tick I have seen... I, the Tick is always in the Tick costume. It's uh-huh. like the Tobias Junke never nude condition. Like, there's stuff yeah. on over the costume sometimes if he needs a disguise. But the costume's always on. Yeah. Is that part of his body? <laughs> is that part of his skin? Can it be Who taken knows? off? Is it, is it too harrowing a fact for us to ever know of? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like... Danger boat. I there's there's not much that they do with him though, because he's like, he has to like stay is, in one place. He doesn't even yeah, get to he, sail. He is moored. He, he's 
he stays there for the most part. There is the love in interest with Arthur, who's just not reciprocating and is kind of creeped out by yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't like that I am inside you and that you are the sentient AI of the boat and you can see me everywhere I am inside of you. Even when I'm in the shower. Yeah. Um, that's weird. And uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I mean, they're like, it, like I, I think it's neat that they have it. I just I, I don't think they did much with it. Mm. So that's my thoughts on yeah. Danger Boat. Yeah, just a fun bonus. Danger I'm never boat. expecting a sentient boat. <laughs> a sentient boat to fall in love with a man. But I'm happy yeah. now that I have encountered this in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I I wanted to mention a couple thoughts on season two. Just yes. With a spoiler furry, uh, since I watched that one first and mm-hmm. then went back and watched yeah. season one. So, yeah, they don't do the origin story of the tick or they don't mm-hmm. explore more of where he came from. And that I liked. They just yes. don't mention it. Uh, they don't even really mention that he wants to know. Or, or all of that stuff. Like, in season one, they mentioned that he's like, oh, I don't remember anything from before three days ago. Uh, yeah. And they don't mention that. He just is. <laughs> yes. I, I liked that. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's fun. Just don't don't explain this. Um, mm-hmm. And they explore Aegis. E- 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 a lot more that's what season two focuses on uh but yeah i i i thought it wasn't very good i Mm. like i i thought there wasn't really any stakes okay um especially now in comparison to season one which is like here is this character. He was traumatized when he was young. Here is this plot that he's uncovering. Here's how it all t- ties in t- together. Season two didn't really have those stakes. Which okay. Was unfortunate. But uh, there, isn't there it is also, still some. Isn't season two also shorter than season one? By two episodes. Oh, okay. It's ten hmm. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's not that bad. I mean, there there is stuff that happens, but they don't mention the terror. Hmm. Uh, well, they 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 do. They mention him, but he's not a character. Okay, like he's he's just not in the show. Um, even a character that we haven't mentioned yet, Goat, who is the like shopkeeper yeah. and their like corner store not mentioned like he's not in the show period huh um the show does tend to focus a little bit more on dot and mm. her her like her how she was affected but 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 by her father's dead death that's good and stuff like that um and it also focuses a little bit more on overkill and okay who he is and who he becomes and stuff like that um so it's 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 one of those things. It was like, it was fine. It wasn't bad per se, but it just they didn't do anything. I felt hmm. like, um, maybe they, they were still working on it. A couple other superheroes. Ooh, 
uh, you meet a Doctor Strange knockoff. Oh, that rad. is this black guy with a third nipple. It's <laughs> yes, oh. this nipple like right on his chest, and he's like, "Wow!" By my third nipple, I put. On... <laughs> I like this. <laughs> uh, so he like they 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 have some funny stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, overall, I can kind of see why season two was like okay that's the end of that show <laughs> maybe it was still but. working on stuff like the season one is uh, it did feel like slightly slower paced than most other shows you would find on a streaming service where it is kind of designed to be watched all in one go and like really we're putting the we're putting the rails out in front of the track as the train is going like designed to like push you to like keep going to the next episode and the next episode the next episode yeah, well they there there is a conspiracy that they're uncovering oh, in like season those. two um but yeah it's just like it it really felt like season one they had a particular story in mind that they wanted mm. to tell and then it did well enough that they were like okay season two and they were like oh shit uh season two what do we do for season two uh i guess they can do this and and then it was just like uh well okay that is good but all right (laughs) (laughs) so those are my thoughts on season two okay good to know i am still gonna Um, keep watching it i found the show very charming yeah it's charming is a good word to Mm. describe this show charming and charmed (laughs) uh uh, melissa if you had to recommend uh some stuff to people who might or who liked this show what else do you think they should check out first of all one of the reasons why i was really interested in the show not just because i've seen prior previous and prior versions of the tick and i like those and i wanted to see the new version is Mm -hmm. that the actor who plays arthur griffin newman does a movie podcast that I really love. Okay. This show is called Blank Check with Griffin and David, Ah. and it's him and David Sims, who's a a film critic for, like, The Atlantic, I think. Like, some really respected film critic who's also a big goofball. And it's just the two of them going through director's filmographies. This is the speech he gives at the beginning of every episode. Uh, It's about directors who had big success earlier in their careers and then were given a blank check to make whatever kind of passion projects they wanted to make. And sometimes those checks cash and sometimes they bounce baby. He says this at the beginning of every episode. So they pick a director and they cover every film for that director and then do another one and another one. And they've covered all kinds of people. Uh, Christopher Nolan M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki, Tim Burton. They're doing Jonathan Demi right now. A big variety. And what I really love okay. about this podcast, it's another like long, chatty, tangent podcast, which is my favorite genre, personally. I just want to listen to like two or three guys chatter with each other for three hours. This is my preferred yeah. form of entertainment. <laughs> but it's I like good, that, it's that good background no 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 noise mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. sometimes it's fascinating conversation that you're just yeah like, like tell me more yeah they're really funny and they have really interesting insights into movies like they really know what they're talking about but there's no pretension or anything to it like they're not mm-hmm. 
film snobs. They're, they're film nerds. They know a bunch of stuff. And at the end of every episode, they do, uh, David gives Griffin the box office game where they take the movie they've been covering that week. And Griffin has to guess what were the top five box office movies the week this film was released. And David gives him like a couple clues and Griffin is able to nail it. He's very good at guessing these things. Interesting. He's a man of many talents. Yeah. So listen to the blank check podcast. It's become one of my favorites. And then if you like the content of the show, if you're looking for another kind of wacky offbeat superhero show, uh, get yourself a DC universe trial and go watch doom patrol. Yeah. Doom patrol. Interesting one. Uh, yeah. Doom Doom patrol is just like, weird doom patrol is weird sake very very weird it is uh uh, it is grant morrison weird which is a level of weird separate from other kinds of levels of weird it's got that going for it and it is darker and more dramatic and more emotional but altogether, yeah i think it's a great like character driven show Really mm-hmm. interesting character dynamics there. Also features Alan Tudyk. Okay, yep. So if you want quirky superhero show featuring Alan Tudyk, there's two of those things out there that you can go watch. Go. Oh, um, a third if you count that one that's like in the DC universe and is about powerless. a company. That was what is not it? a good show. I, what I believe was it? it's called Powerless. Yes. Not a good show. I saw an episode of it and I had a decent time. I have trouble remembering the name of the show or most of what happened, but I have fond memories, fond blurry memories of it. It it had a it had a very interesting premise and it could have been fantastic. I just think it wasn't good enough for them to like keep putting stuff in. It was another one of those shows that was like, what if we take uh like the almost sitcom almost office style but yeah. it's not the office but it's in a superhero universe mm-hmm. where batman exists and stuff like that yeah. it's like that's a great idea and then it just didn't hit mm. but cool that 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 is i that, that i will say though that show has a very similar type of comedy to what is in the tick mm. so if you did like this uh, it it would at least be worth checking out for that. Just like go go check out the like stupid stuff that they do in that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if I had to recommend stuff, I would actually recommend something that Melissa and I are watching right now: Venture yeah. Brothers. Yes. Um, which they have a kind of weird tangled history because the creator of the Venture Brothers also worked on some of the older Tick shows. He uh, did the story for one of these episodes. Yeah, yeah. The episode exactly. where Tick thinks he's a robot. Uh, he made he didn't write the script, but like he had a story by credit on that one. Yeah. Um. So it, it's it's a lot of the same type of comedy. A lot of the same. Uh. Just types of like weird situations that the Mm -hmm. the characters are finding themselves in i thought one thing i did not mention as we were kind of talking about this is i was wondering if this show would have been better served as a cartoon and then i was like if this was a a cartoon it's basically just venture (laughs) brothers 
mm-hmm. like that's what it is um so it's it, it it's 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 good i would recommend that uh if you w- want to pick up some comics i would mm. recommend checking out the superior foes of spider-man oh uh, which is about these kind of like second and third rate spider-man villains teaming up try to be better at their jobs but they're just terrible at their jobs <laughs> they are trying to make the new sinister six but there's only five of them <laughs> and so they like they're like we, we we can't be the sinister six if there's only five of us you imbecile you can't call us that <laughs> it's just like like there's just stupid stuff that they do mm-hmm. and they're all just terrible at at, at being villains uh so it's a lot of fun i would recommend that as well there you go. Alyssa. Yes. Are you ready for the pitches I for am. next week? Yes. It's Lay it on me. This is the first time I'm pitching in a couple of weeks, uh, just the way things have worked out from covering this and the Venture Brothers, and we had Ignacio yeah. from Crossplay uh, on, and he had us watch Your Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I haven't got to pitch something in like a month. Yeah. He was like, so I wanted to return to some classic superheroics, much Ooh. like what we did this week. But uh, yeah, it's a real superhero season some... for us. Mm-hmm. But maybe a little more characters that are more well known and mainstream. Okay. Um, pitch number one something we've mentioned on these shows a mm. couple t- times at least in conversation i don't remember when i i know i've pitched this before i don't know when okay it's been some some time since i've pitched this but pitch number one is marvel's secret wars oh the original 12 issue mini series it's a crossover event uh in which a bunch of the marvel heroes and villains are transported to battle world and they mm-hmm. have to duke it out for their survival and all of that stuff and essentially it's just a giant uh co- commercial for toys and action yeah. figures and that's essentially what the story is too just like the okay yonder being like i have action figures now fight mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's like oh i want to see colossus fight the thing Go at it. Welcome to my yeah. space coliseum. Yeah. And, and it's not even broken up by like, okay, good guys on this side, bad yeah. guys on that side. It's just like a mix and match of mm. all this stuff. You guys on that side, you guys over there. So uh, I've actually not read that one. Mm. Um, so it would be an in- interesting one to go back and read. Mm. Marvel's Secret Wars from 1984. <laughs> and that's all on Comixology Unlimited. Okay. Pitch number two. You mentioned the DC Universe app when mm-hmm. you suggested Doom Patrol. I want to pitch Harley Quinn. Ah. There's an animated series oh, it right. just uh, wrapped up recently, uh, but it is an animated series um, following Harley Quinn. Quinn, um, and it was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim of the original Batman, the a- a- animated series fame. Uh, let's see, the scene, blah 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 blah. 
premise. The series follows Harley Quinn's adventures after she breaks up with Joker and receiving help from Poison Ivy, Clayface, Dr. Psycho, King Shark, and Cyborgman in her plans to become a member of the Legion of Doom. <laughs> is it Cyborg Man or is it like first name Cy, last name Borg Man? First name Cy, last name Borg Man. Good. And it's, it's Cy is spelled S Y. Yes, yes. Cyborg Man. I've never heard of that character. So I don't know if it's like from the comics or if that's from just this this one show. Um, but you also mentioned Alan Tudyk, and he is in this show as well. He plays one of the voices. I don't know which one off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but I know he's in there. Let's see if I can find him. Alan Tudyk as the Joker. Oh, Basil he'd be Carlo a good slash Joker. Clayface, as well as Julian Day slash Calendar Man. Mm. There you go. Calendar Man. Calendar Man. Um, so that's pitch number two, this animated Harley Quinn mm-hmm. uh, TV show that I have heard nothing but good things about. Mm-hmm. And that's on DC Universe. Okay. Pitch number three um, is also available on Comixology Unlimited. This is X-Men Season 1. Ooh. This is a graphic novel by Dennis Hopeless and art by Jamie McKelvey. Uh, and this is kind of a retelling of the first year of the X-Men, of okay. like X-Men's first class. Um, it kind of retells those original comics, but also gives new perspective and like modernizes them. Mm. Uh, and I know from listening to a bunch of Jay and Miles explain yes. the X-Men, this is one that they always recommended as like, Hey, if you've never read X-Men or if you want something that is more modern and easy to follow and get into, get into this is one that they recommended multiple mm-hmm. times on that show. Uh, and believe it or not, I don't think we've done anything X-Men on the podcast in its history. You're in, right. In, I don't in, think in we have. Five years. So. I mean, I'm sure that um, there were some x-men somewhere when we read infinity gauntlet we, we we've read like the characters and stuff yes uh, but we haven't read like this is an x-men book right oh. pitch number one marvel's secret wars pitch number two the harley quinn animated series and pitch number three x-men season one the graphic yeah. novel i think i am gonna go with x-men season one Okay. We uh, just watched Birds of Prey, as previously mentioned, not too long ago. So I think I'm good on Harley sure. Quinn for a little Makes bit. Makes sense. She's a very strong flavor. Like, you can't have too much of it. It'll kind of overpower your system. And Secret Wars, I also remember Jay and Miles recapping this. And I know it's very important, but it doesn't sound like it's pivotal to read. And I feel like after hearing them explain it to me, I am it's- good I don't know if I really for, like need Marvel to. history in the sense yeah. that it's like an, imp- an yes. important milestone. But yeah, like I said, it's yeah. just action figures. Yeah, I don't think it's regarded as together. like an excellent story. <laughs> yeah. It's just important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's cool. go with X-Men season one. X-Men season one. Um, 
Again, this is available on Comixology Unlimited. Mm. You can read it for free if you are a subscriber to that. Uh, if not, it is just $9.99 on Comixology. You can okay. pick it up there, or maybe you can find it in your local comic book store or at a library or something. I don't know. Oh, a library. I've heard of those. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I'm I'm excited to dive into the the X Men because that's yeah. I've I've read certain things. Mm-hmm. X Men. I've read I've I've read like ninety percent of the Ultimate Universe comics, in which there's a lot of like Ultimate X Men stuff, and I, I've I've read that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I I for the most part have stayed away from X Men stuff in my like personal comic <laughs> reading. Yeah because even within the marvel universe they have such a giant corner of yes. the marvel universe and it's such a complicated history and all that stuff so i've been like one of these days yeah i'll just read nothing but x-men for like three years and catch up <laughs> on as much stuff as i can but, <laughs> i'm on a sabbatical yeah I've, I've been like for now you guys can stay over there mm-hmm uh, so yeah, X Men okay. season one is what we will do next week. Uh, Melissa, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W I L K Y W I T. Oh, and I mentioned earlier, I am in a superhero tabletop RPG podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast feed is called The Lost Library. It is a hub for. Uh, two different campaigns and various one shots. I am in both the campaigns and many of the one shots, but the superior RPG is called uh, the game is called masks and our campaign is named fifth watch. So you can go okay. and listen to me play a, a, a surly a technopath in a crisp suit because he's a spoiled rich boy. There you go. <laughs> sounds good mm-hmm. you guys can find me at yo kyle springer on twitter and instagram if you guys want to stay up to date with our shows we are at the whatnots on twitter uh i mentioned our patreon patreon.com slash the whatnots i've mentioned our website the whatnots.com go yeah. like share subscribe i think we've hit 61 subscribers Heck. on youtube so let's let's keep that ball rolling let's keep let's, going let's yeah, let's get some some more subscribers. We on have that. nice Telefriend, videos. Telefo. Well, yeah. Usually we have nice videos. Sometimes our cameras and stuff and our my we, com- my computer. We try. I made a point to wear blue today for the tick episode. For these Venture Brothers episodes we're doing, I have a different T-shirt, a different Venture Brothers T-shirt for everyone because that's how much I'm into the show. I am three T-shirts deep into the show. <laughs> uh yeah so go 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 check out mm. all of that stuff and subscribe that would yeah. help us out a ton but until next time this has been episode 97 Seven. of the whatnots review show we will see you next week for some x-men yeah <laughs> 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 bye guys <laughs> bye